Okay, Sefer Bamidbar, a new beginning, fourth beginning that we have in the in the Torah. Uh, Sefer Bamidbar, the Sefer of post Maimat Har Sinai, post uh, post uh, Binyan Amishkan, and we start the story of life. We mentioned last year, one of the Mafarshim explained Sefer Bamidbar is taking Torah and putting it into life, taking Torah and and seeing the ups and downs of a nation. Uh, by Midbar is full of many downs, but uh, one should always recognize that you know most of uh, what happened on a day-to-day basis was not mentioned beferish and safer by Midbar. The highlights, some of the highlights were lowlights, but uh, what could you do? We still have to learn from every single story that took place in the in the um, <laughs> in the desert. So here we go. Says the Torah by Dabar Hashem Moshe Midbar Sinai Hashem says to Moshe Midbar Sinai in the Midbar. So a thought that we mentioned. I looked back 11 years ago. I thought I would repeat it again. I know we had a Ksav Sofer last week, but uh, another Ksav Sofer based on the Medrash, because this is the way to start off Sefer by Midbar as we get ready for <coughs> Kabbalah Satora. Says the Medrash in the beginning of the Torah. The Torah was given with, uh, compared to, Three things. Be'esh, Ubamayim, Ubamidbar. Fire, water, and the desert. Our parsha is the desert. Be'esh minayin, Vahar Sinai, Ashan Kulo, Uboer Ba'esh. Right, Har Sinai was fire. Ubamayim minayin, Shenemar, Gam Shamayim, Natfu. A uh, Pasuk in Shoftim is quoted. Ba'midbar minayin, our parsha. Valama nita begimol dvarim halalu. So the Medrash, there's a lot of drushes given on these three. But the Medrash says these are free. You basically could find water and fire and desert anywhere. Again, sometimes there are droughts, but in general there's water for the taking. But what is the symbol of these three ideas? Midbar, Eish, and Mayim. So for that we need the Ksav Sofer. Says the Ksav Sofer, by Yedaber Hashem Moshe ben Marsinai, b'Medrash, b'Gimel Dvarim Nitnat Torah, b'Mayim be'Eishu b'Midbar, v'Nira l'Farish Kavanasam Shakalachad More Al Davar Acher. Each one of these is telling us an important message about our attitude and our hashkafe in life towards Torah and towards life. Nitna b'Am, and some of this is obvious, as as many b'Farshim have explained before him. Nitna b'Mayim. Why is Torah compared to Mayim? As the Gemara in the first parak of Masechah has a whole amud about anava, about humility. One cannot expect to be kone Torah and live a fulfilling and and focused avodas Hashem life if one is arrogant, if one is self-centered, if one is focused on themselves. Any other area of study, the more you know, the better you feel about yourself. If I know math, if I know science, anyways, the more I know, the more I'm going to get lifted up and it's going to drive me to feeling a little bloated. But by Torah, the more we know, the more it's supposed to give us the recognition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. And we could only have the proper approach to Torah if we enter 
with the feeling of humility of recognizing that there is a greater being that is in charge, and not only regarding Hagadish Baruch Hu, regarding people too. If I focus on myself, I don't focus on others. Uh, so then, again, I will have a warped sense, right? We're in the time period of Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim, even though it's after Lagba Omer, but Shlonagu Kavud Zebazet. That's the root. That's what we're still trying to be Masakein. We have to make sure that Daito Shvela, that we are <coughs> humble in the proper sense, that we mentioned in the past a number of times the story that is told by one of the Bali Musar that. You know, the Pasuk says that the end of Parshat Baloscha, that Moshe Rabbeinu was anam mikol adam asher pnei adama. So what do you mean anam mikol adam? From any other man? So the Moshe's given no, somebody's davening in shul, and they're davening next to somebody who they don't really know so well, and the person is davening with such a fire, and so heartfelt, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please help me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you, I'm a nothing, and you're so great, and you're going to give me everything, and and v'chulu, uh, uh, going to, um, you know, the vidui's, and then all of a sudden, the guy's called up for a V. He goes up for the Ali, and he comes back down. He says, I can't believe it. What do you mean you can't believe? I can't believe he gave me a V. You see who they gave Shlishi to? I can't believe this. I should have gotten Shlishi. And he couldn't understand. What? What? This guy was just pouring his heart out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And I'm a nothing, and I'm a this, and I'm a that. And, and all of a sudden, it's easy to be an Anav in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, To be an Anav to each other. To recognize that I'm not above my friend. My fellow human being. There's a Salam Elohim in every human being. See, that's, that's something that uh, is much harder. Moshe Rabbeinu was Anam Mikal Adam. Asher Pere Adama. From not only a part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but man as well. And that's the first in- ingredient. The first ingredient is Daito Shvelo, when the water goes, just like water goes down, Torah's compared to water, so too, we have to recognize, we have to recognize that um, there is someone beyond. It's not exactly the same, but the Balamor that I like to quote, Quoted in Rabbeinu Yonah, the end of Pirkei Avos. Lo yadati she yadati, ad she yadati she lo yadati. I've reached a level when I realize that I am not at that level. I know something when I realize that I don't know something. But you could apply that in, in Midos as well. When I recognize that there's so much more that I need to do, so then that's a recognition and that's already a level of, of Midos. Because that's number one, water. As we know, Har Sinai, we spoke about this last week, I think, about the Makam of Sinai. Number one. Number two, fire. I'm sorry, I'm sorry even before we get to the, uh, the, next, the next one, I gave you from the Panini Torah, who expanded on this idea uh, of Anava, a number of stories he quotes. There are so there have been so many people throughout the generations, throughout our history that we don't even know about. We know about the greats, but how many hidden tzaddikim have there been? How many pashut yidden have there been that weren't so pashut, that weren't so simple? And and that's really what we try to be. We try to be simple Jews. So how many are there? Says the says the Pinyan Torah, quoting a story in the name of the of the marshal. <laughs> There was a vegetable merchant. He sold vegetables. He slept in the chanos. They called him Avram, the vegetable seller. And he was an unbelievable masmid, 
behind the scenes. One time the Marshal, the great of Shlomo Luria, one of the greats buried in Lublin, and he was having trouble with a certain sugya. And he went to take a walk. And he heard Rabbi Avraham, he was learning the sugya. And he heard, he overheard him. And he heard an answer to his question. The next day the marshal calls him. Rabbi Avraham Mocher Yurakos. He says, he asked him about another Shela Musubeches Bishas. And Rabbi Avraham says, I'm an Amaretz. What do you mean? What are you, <coughs> what are you calling me? You're the great God of Ador. And only after he was Gozer him, Bixeris Mora I know what that means. In the name of the chief rabbi of the city, I demand that you answer my question. He says, answered him, Bekius Rabbah, Kemayanam is Gaber Haflavafela. But he asked the marshal, please don't tell anybody. I like how I am right now. Who was no slouch if anybody's ever opened the Amshel Shlomo. And he didn't uh, show favoritism to any Shita as he writes in the Hagdama to the Amshel Shlomo. I'm not going to show favoritism. There are some of Farshim on the Rambam, he says, that showed favoritism to the Rambam. He, they never argued. Sometimes the Rambam's wrong. Says the Marshal, I'm not showing any favoritism. And he was the one that was able <coughs> to um, answer the questions of the Marshal. And when the Marshal was nisbakish, b'yeshiva shalmala, tzivol akaladasa, he said, I'm sorry, but now I have to say something. Rabbi Avram's going to be your Rav. Rabbi Avram's going to be your Rebbe. To the Mocha Yurakos is going to be the Rav of the of the uh, of the ear. So there are so many stories about this relating to the uh, Anava of the secret Tamide Chachamim, the secret Jews, and we have to recognize that this is what our goal is to try to be like one of one of them. So the first message is Anava. Going back now to source number two, going back to the Ksav Sofer. The second message that we talk about, and again remember, there's no coincidence, Sefer by Midbar is always before Shvuas and uh Many of the thoughts are related to, to, to uh, Kabbalah's Torah. Ki Torah nimshalas laish, ki ner mitzvah v'Torah, or shemeira laAdam umadrichayu derech yelech ba. Number two, Torah is our guide, like a torch in a dark forest at night. The torch is what leads us. The Torah has to be the light of our life, has to lead us. V'yamru tachlis chachma chuvo meisen tovim. The more we know, the more we have to be committed. Torah is not just a life, do as I, uh, talking about it. We have to do it. We have to be that ex- the example. The demus, it's not just a science, it's not just content. The Torah has to be the fire, not only inside of us. That's a different shot. He's not saying that. We have to be on fire. But the Torah has to be a fire outside of us, and we have to guide all of our decisions based on what the Torah holds, but some of the Torah says, Kavate itim la Torah, to be koveya our lives, and our itim to everything the Torah says, because Rahman al fire could light up, and fire could also consume. And when fire and Torah is misused and abused, so then it could be the Samamavis, as the Gemara says. We have to use the Torah for Samachayim, to light up, to make a Kiddush Hashem, to spread the light, as many have been zochet, to spread the light during the past couple of months through modern technology, spreading the light mamish. But we have to make sure to continue doing that and making a Kiddush Hashem in all areas. But that's number two. Water is humility. Fire is lighting up our lives. That is our guide. And finally, what's Midbar? 
Umashakasa Vanitna by Midbar at the end, Yeshlomar Derek Shamar Khazal, Bonitna Tora Ella Laukle Hamon, Sheenam Mivakshim Mosaros, Rakide Lahakyos Nafsham. We have to make sure our focus in life is not for material ideas, for Gashmi goals. Kid armor, like it says in Perkyavo, is Pasamelak Tochal. Not that we need to do that, but we have to be ready to do that. And what's our focus? When our children, our grandchildren, see our simcha, what do we get most simcha about? Do we get most simcha when when we're able to to go to a baseball game again, or go to a sporting event, or when we're able to go to shul, when we're able to to dabble with a minion, the simcha of a yeheshme rabbah? You know, what? where is the greatest simcha that we have? What's the focus of our lives? Obviously, two and three are connected to each other, right? If the Torah is the light, then we recognize what the uh, necessities are in life and what is not necess- um, necessary. And therefore, it says the Ksav Sofer, those are the three messages for Kabbalah Satorah. Humility and <laughs> lighting up our life with the Torah and not focusing on things that we don't need. Okay. So now we get to Bamidbar. Bamidbar is about counting. As we know in English, Bamidbar is called numbers. Even though that's not the translation of the word Bamidbar. Numbers. Why numbers? There are so many numbers. By Midbar has numbers, Naso has numbers, Pinchas has numbers, but there are many countings, as we know Rashi already tells us at the beginning of the Parsha. The first Rashi in Sefer by Midbar says Rashi, Mitoch Chibasam Lafanav Mone Osam Kol because Hashem loves us, He's always counting us. <laughs> when we left Mitzrayim, we were counted. And when we fell in the Egel, he counted us. Counting, counting, counting. Counting reflects love. Counting reflects focus. Counting is a good thing. Counting is amazing. We're so happy that Hashem counts us because it shows that He's focusing on us. Right? Like we say in, in uh, Tehillim, we say it every morning. Hashem counts the stars. Because the stars are our special nivra'im, lahavdil. People are special nivra'im. And therefore, counting is great. The problem is, we know that it's usher for a Jew to count. You can't count people. Right? David Melech made that mistake. It led to terrible consequences. It led to, it led to plagues. So, why is it so great when Hashem counts, and not so great when people count? We have to count indirectly, we have to count with shkalim, we have to count with a pusik, right? So <laughs> what's the difference? If counting reflects love, so we should we should count, and that'll be we'll count all of our friends. Ask Rabbi Sachs in his uh, Sefer on Leadership on the Parsha quotes the Rashi <laughs> turning the page when Hashem initiates a census of the Israelites, it is to show that He loves them. On the other hand, the Torah is explicit in saying that taking a census of the nation is wrought with risk. Hashem said, no, only with Shkolim. David HaMelech, right, He made a mistake. Right, remember the, the Satan, one of the three times the Satan is mentioned in Tanakh. In Diver Hayamim, the Satan, in, in, in Shmuel, it only says that Hashem convinced David. But in Diver Hayamim, the parallel story says the Satan convinced David to count. So what's what's so what's so pernicious? What's so dangerous? Says the Rabbi Sachs again, an obvious thought, but he says it in this context. The answer, so, obvious, something that's said by others, 
The answer lies in the phrase the Torah uses to describe the act of counting. Se'uetzrosh. You know when counting is okay? You know when counting reflects love? When it's a counting that uplifts. When it's a counting that focuses on the individual. Biblical Hebrew contains many verbs meaning to count. Limnot, lifkod, lispar, lachshov. Why doesn't the Torah use one of these words instead of kitisa? When you lift up, that doesn't mean counting. The short answer is, in any census count or roll call, there is a tendency to focus on the total, the crowd, the multitude, the mass. Here is a nation of 60 million people, a company with 100,000 employees, a sports crowd of 60,000 fans. Any total tends to value the group or the nation as a whole. The larger the total, the stronger is the army. The more popular the team, the more successful the company. But that comes at a price. Counting devalues the individual and tends to make him or her replaceable. One soldier dies, okay, another soldier will come in. A vice president has to leave, we'll put in another vice president. There's even something called, right, following the crowd, right? Uh, there's a whole line, everybody's on that line, right? Following the, the, uh, the group, even though you have no idea what the group is doing. Mob mentality. Notoriously, too, crowds have the effect of tending to make the individual lose his or her independent judgment. Follow, sometimes you're in a store, you're in a car. There are two lines, there are two lanes. One is very heavy and the other one is empty. But sometimes we just go on the heavy one because we figure that's what everybody else is doing. We don't think for ourselves that, no, this one is empty and I can do it. Because we're so influenced, we lose our our individuality. We lose our, our own thinking. We call this herd behavior. And it sometimes leads to collective madness, says Rabbi Sachs. And he quotes a couple of uh, philosophers and others that talk about this. And that's what Yahadu says. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's counting, he lifts everybody up when he counts. Hashem doesn't lose anybody in the crowd. There's no individual, and maybe that's the muscle of Mona Mispar, Lakochavim. Every star is different and unique. There's a solar system, there's a universe. But Kodesh Baruch Hu knows the name for every single star. And when he counts us, he knows the name also. Everyone is unique. Hence the significance of one remarkable feature of Judaism. It's principled insistence, like no other civilization before, on the dignity and integrity of the individual. We believe that every human being is Salam Elohim, the Hulu. And we recognize there's a uniqueness. And he quotes... The Gemara tells us that if one sees 600,000 Jews, the Ramam says only in Eretz Yisrael, but if one sees 600,000 Jews, there's a special bracha that we make. He who knows the secrets of each one, because it's not 600,000, it's each 600,000 individuals. Each one is a one. I've mentioned before, there's a colleague of mine, I once went over to him to wish him a Mazel Tov after he had his 10th child, and I said, Mazel Tov! Uh, which number is this? He says, it's number one. This is my number one, and this is my number one, and this is my number one. I have ten number ones, but they're all number one. They're all number one. That's all Kodesh Baruch Hu counts. And that's why there's a danger. There's a danger by counting. We have to make sure we count only in a way that lifts up. Kitisa, turning the page. We know. Adavr Shebek Dusha. They matter as, as individuals. 
in Jewish law, Darish Shebekdusha is something that is counted, sold individually rather than by weight for Chulu. I'm sorry. He says, Darish Shebeminyan is not Batel. Apihashkafa, something that's counted out, the Gemara says. If you, it's sold. It's not sold like, like, like a grain. It's eggs. It's something that's sold separately, so ain't no Batel, because it's significant. If it's something that's counted and focused on. And therefore, he says, we have to recognize, yes, there's something called minion. There's something called am, but we can't lose our individual uh, elements by that. And then he's between individuality and individualism. Individuality means I'm unique and valued member of the team. Individualism means porish but not zibor. Right? We believe in individuality but not individualism within the zibor on the team. Every job is per- important and every job is unique. So that's bamidbar. The type of counting that is positive and uplifting. And now we get into, after the first census that is taken in Perak Aleph, we get into Perak Base, which talks about, the Degalim talks about the flags. The flags of Am Yisrael. Vayadaber Hashem Moshe Leymar. Vayadaber Hashem Moshe V'yel Aaron Leymar. Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Ish al deglobo osos lobesabosam. Every Shevet, according to their father's house, Yachanu B'nei Yisrael, they will encamp. With the Oamoid in the middle. On one side is Yehuda and Yisachar and Zavolun, and on the other side is Ruvain and Shimon and God. Right? There are messages if one tries to have the four groupings. Is there, what is the connection between the different Shvatim in, in every group? But we know the Medrash tells us that it's not just flags. Flags had a deep message. Flags had a deep message. What's the message of the flags? What's the message of the flags? Says the Sefer Jerushim Lecheftseim, which we haven't quoted for from uh, in a while. Says the Jerushim Lecheftseim, Rav Moshe Dovelner, who was a Rav in Ashkelon. Towards the top, he quotes the uh, Medrash. But first, let's start with his words in the middle, on line 23. There is nothing more dangerous to a religion than separation and machlokas. When there are arguments, especially arguments in the name of God, in the name of religion, those are the most dangerous. Okay, when we have a machlokas, okay, hopefully we'll get behind it. But when it's in the name of religion, that I'm right and others are not, those are so dangerous. Says the Medrash, Bishash Amar Kadesh Baruch Moshe, Asei Otam Degalim, Kamoshe Avu. We wanted Degalim. We wanted flags. We wanted our our identity. Moshe, Hischel Moshe Meitzar. Right? I, I don't know if he quotes the other Medrash, the Medrash that every the Bnei Yisrael saw the Malachim had flags. We want to be like them. Ubeshem Elokeinu Nidgol. What we say every morning. So what is it about the flags? Bnei Yisrael wanted the flags. Moshe was a little nervous. Amar Achshav Asida Machlokas Linasi Ben Ashvat, and that's it. Machlokas. Machlokis is going to happen. Moshe was very nervous that something was going to happen. 
So, I'm sorry, right, he quotes on the, on the, go back for a moment to the top, he quotes the whole Medrash, on line four. B'shashem ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu l'Moshe, say osam tegolim, hischel Moshe meitzar, amar achshav, asidam achlogas li nasein, bein ha-shvatim. Im ani omer l'shifto shal Yehuda, sheyashre b'mizrach, if I tell you to go to the east, v'omer i-afshar, el abadarom, no, I'm going to be good in the south. V'chein Ruvain, v'chein Ephraim, everybody's going to have their own uh, ideas of where the most spiritual, structured, Am Yisrael could be. Moshe. Hashem says to Moshe, what are you worried about? They don't really need you to tell them even where to go. They know where to go already. Where? Yaakov Avinu already told them where to go. Like they carried his coffin up to Mitzrayim. Up from Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael. Ve'ikifu mitaso. Kach yakifu as mishkan. Right, Chazal already tell us. The three on each side. That's exactly how they carried. To Amar, and he quotes, Kivan shabal avinu Yaakov lipatam ena olam. Before Yaakov was going to die. Karol labanav. He called to his sons. Ubirchan. V'tzivan al darkei alukim. He gave him his last last ethical will. The Kiblu Alayam Achl Shamayim. Right, we know that famous Gemarim Sachim. They all said Shema Yisrael. Mishagamar Dvarav Amar, and at the end of his words, he said, "Kishetitlu Osi Biyira Ubekavid Lavuoti." When you take me, do it honorably and do it without fighting. V'lo Yiga Adam Acher B'Mita. See nobody else. V'lo Echam Ben Amitzriim. V'lo Echam Ibn Echem. And none of your children. He goes through all of them. What's the message of the Medrash? What was Moshe so nervous about? And what was the calming effect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So now, explains the Jerusalem L'Chavseim Revolner that Moshe was worried about spiritual fighting in the future. Yehuda's going to say, I want to be here. And Don's going to say, I want to be here. I'm better. I know better than Moshe Rabbeinu. This is where I think is the best. No, no, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I already told them. He says, Berchan v'tzivan. Let's go to line 32. And he already um, made them accept. And he says, Carry me b'yire v'chavod. V'lo yida adam acher b'mitasi. Klomar, there's a drush here. You carry me, and lo, nobody else carry me. Because if you don't carry me, meaning, if you all carry me, that means you're ba'achtus. That means you're all connected. That means you're all getting along. If you don't carry me, what's the next line? Somebody else is going to carry me. There's going to be tsaris. There's going to be difficulties. Yaakov Avinu already warned them. If they're not going to get along, that's when all the trouble starts. Then you're not going to prevent the other uh, difficulties and saris. And therefore he continues. We have to recognize that everybody has their individual aspects of their spirituality. We have to respect 
he even continues and goes through, and that's what he says, Yosef's not caring because he's the Melech. Recognize that some people are Melachim. Recognize some people have abilities and have positions that not everybody has. There are Kohanim, and there are Levim, and there are Melachim, and there are... Everybody has. But that's the danger of the flags. But as long as we recognize the pull that Yaakov Avinu already put into us. Remember, Rachmanim, Baishanim, Gomli Chasadim, right? Initials of Chaver. We are Chaverim. Chaverim call Yisrael. Right? This, this Shabbos, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Benshin. Chaverim call Yisrael. And that's how we are able to be able to uh, approach Kabbalah Satorah Vayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Ha'har. But again, the, the, the potential danger of the flags but we have to make sure that we remember the message. We've discussed Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's thought about the flags years ago, but again, that's what we have to remember, the individuality within the larger goal. Okay. Moving right along. Perek Gimel. Perek Gimel, the Torah tells us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Vaydab Rashem HaMoshe, Be'bibar Sinai Le'mar, Pekod Espenei Levi, Le'beis HaVodam, Kan Levi, it's time to Count Levi, call Zachar mi ben Chodesh v'malatif kadeim. From a month old, you have to count them from a month old. Not like the other Shvatim, when they were older, maybe age twenty. From a month, Rashi Misha yatsa michlal nefalim. Right when they're have they're viable, really before thirty days. But you have to have a cheskas chayim who nimnali kare shomer mishmeres hakodesh. Once they're thirty days, they're already considered a worker, a potential worker in the base of Megdash. Amrab Yehuda Brebi Shalom, Lamud Hu Oso Ashevet, Lios Nimnem in Abeten. This Shevet is already used to being counted from a very young age. Where? Shene'emar. As it says, and also in Vayigash, Asha Yalda Osalo Levi B'Mitzrayim. Remember, who was number 70 on the way in? Yocheved. She was counted. She was very little, born Benachomos. Im Knisasa Bepesach Mitzrayim Yolda Usa. The Nimnes Beshivim Nefashos. She was number seventy. Shakshatamone Cheshbona Latizim Al Shivim Chazarachas. As we know, sixty-nine without her Vishlimas Aminion. So she already <coughs> laid down the reality that Levi could start out being counted from a very young age. We mentioned years ago the Drash Moshe. Moshe has a thought: Why Dafka at such a young age? Because they have a chazaka that they're going to be, you know, following Levi's path. Not for now, but let's see the words of the Eishtam. Again, a thought that others say, but he has a story of Rav Moshe, which I don't know if I've quoted before. I heard it years ago, but he quotes it. Because what did, I'm sorry, I didn't quote the Rashi that he comments on. The next Pasuk. The next Pasuk. Moshe counted them al pi Hashem. So what does that mean, al pi Hashem? Right? Moshe counted, says Rashi. How am I supposed to count the two month olds? Right? They're, 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 the mother's nursing them. I, what am I supposed to do? Well, that's Minion KM. How am I supposed to? The, the soldiers, I can count a minion. A minion, I can look in the test, see how many people are there, how many are in the family. You do your part, I'll do my part. Moshe went around to every tent, the doorway, Vashchina Mekademes Lofanov. The Shchina goes before, Ubasko Yotzam in Aoav Omeres, Kach Vakach Tinokos Yishbo Ozeh. 
This is as many babies as there are in this tent. That's up Yashem. And many of the Bali Musr say, why do you even have to go? If a Kaddish Baruch Hu was going to tell him anyway, just stay home. No, you have to do your establish. You have to do what you could do, right? Like Basi Baspara has to stick out her hand. You do what you have to do, and then Hashem will do the rest. But there's another question. Ask the age Talmud. Hashem told him to do something. What did Moshe say? I can't. What do you mean you can't? Hashem asked you to do something. Hashem says, count. Hashem asked you to do this, so you have to do it. Madua Moshe eno yacholasozos. Why can't he do it? That's not an option. Atzlus, the end of the Torah. What does it say? Moshe on his 120th birthday. He had the strength of a, of a 20-year-old. And he ran from tent to tent. So what's the message that Moshe says, no, I can't? Nire biur hadavar. Ki eitzel Moshe Rabbeinu as some of Farshim explained this week's part, this Shabbos is called Shabbos Derech Eretz, Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu had ingrained in him the Mida and the essence of Derech Eretz. Based on everything that he learned from HaKadosh Baruch Hu already, he had developed in him and his essence was Tznius and Derech Eretz. And Moshe says, he has already conditioned himself to be such an Ovid Hashem in this way. He says, Hashem, I, I can't. Hashem, based on how the Torah has conditioned me and the person that I am, I can't do it. What does that mean? He quotes a story. I heard this story took place at a wedding. He quotes it at a, at a, at a shul. At a shul. What happened? It was uh, Moshe, Moshe Feinstein was in shul. And Bashas Tfila, Nikre, he was called outside for something. I heard it at a wedding. He was at a wedding, and uh, I'll say it the way that I heard it. And he was davening Mincha at the Chassan's Tish, as, as many times we know. And they were waiting for Moshe to finish Monasrei. <laughs> and Moshe, Moshe finished, and there was somebody behind Ramosha saying Monasrei. I don't know if he started late. I don't know if he... But Ramosha wouldn't take three steps back. And the Chazan wouldn't start if Ramosha didn't take three steps back yet. And they're waiting for Ramosha. And they're waiting. And the Chazan, I don't know, the Chazan's father, like Moshe's Ramosha, no, no. Like we do one of those diagonal, you know, like we think, like, that's okay. If I go sideways, you know, that's like not going in front. And Ramosha doesn't move. He's just standing there and he's not moving. And everybody's waiting. And finally, the guy behind finishes. He has such great kavana, more than the God of Adar. Moshe goes back. They ask, they ask Ramosha afterwards. Rebbe, you could do the. Everybody was waiting. Ramosha says, there was a brick wall behind me. What are you talking about? Like, like, what's the Havamina? There was a wall there. I couldn't move. This is what, this is what I had to do. This is, was. So, he explains, maybe that was Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, it's a little trickier because Hashem asked him to do it. But maybe Hashem knew that there would be a pshara element. You might say, what about the Akedah? The Akedah. But there are Chilukim there. We're not getting into that now. But the message is that we condition ourselves 
that the Dvar Hashem, the Torah shapes who we are. There's no tricks. There's no getting out of things. This is just, this is reality. This is what we have to do. And this is what we condition ourselves. When I remember I heard that story many years ago, it made a big impression. That this is, this is, this is the Messias. <laughs> there's no, there's no getting out of it. There's no, there's no, uh, stretching the, uh, the reality. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. I can't do this. Maybe he was saying to Hashem, help me because this is, this is how I've been conditioned by the Torah. Tell me what to do. He wasn't saying he wasn't going to do it. He was going to say, just tell me, tell me what to do. Okay. Gimel Yudbeis. Vayedabar Hashem Moshe Leymar. Once we spoke about the Leviim, now we speak about the firstborns. I have taken the Leviim to replace the firstborns. Because all firstborns are mine. Hashem has a special connection to firstborns. We know that. We know the Bechorah in Sefer Bracious. We know the Bechorah here. We know Pityon Aben. Right? Firstborns have a special connection. Says Rev Salvechik. Deepening the idea that Hashem has a special connection to firstborns. Says Rev Salvechik. To understand the con- Jewish concept of the firstborn, let us recall an important basic idea. Hashem owns the world. He is the master ruler and lord of the entire universe. He is the Bailem. He is the Balabas. Man is the crown of the living world, but he cannot exercise absolute authority over it. Akkadish Baruch in charge. Lashem Haaretz Umaloa. He's in charge. The more precious something is, the more specific and the stronger are the claims of Hashem to it. Because the world belongs to Him. If there's something precious in the world, so then there's a stronger connection. If the precious things that I have are more connected to me than the non-precious things that I have. The more precious things in the world are more connected to Akadosh Baruch than the non. The claims of Hashem are proportionate to the value which man attributes to certain entities and events. Fascinating, says Rev Salvechik. Many halachos regulate the consumption of meat. The laws of kashrus limit our access to the animal kingdom. The vegetative world has fewer prohibitions. Because animals are, so to speak, if you remember the uh, the pyramid of the Kuzari, right? There's the dirt, and then there's the someach, and there's chai. The animals are higher. There are more halachas related to animals. People. People are on top. We have the most halachas. Because we're more precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Chaviv Adam, right? The Mishnah says in Perki Eretz Yisrael is more precious than Chutz Laaretz, more halachas in Eretz Yisrael. There are also no restrictions in Chutz Laaretz, though within its board boundaries there are quite a number of injunctions. The Chulu. Children, the most precious of possessions, certainly belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The most precious of our possessions are our family. Our family is really a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's sources about this. This is a simple premise in Judaism. What does Chana say? Ki me'ashem she'iltiv. But that's really all. Children. Chana had the right perspective. Chana gives him back. Akedas Yitzchak reflects that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge of children. The birth of every child is an important event for the parents. Yet, says the Rav, it is the birth of the first child that opens the closed as existential community of the married couple to a newcomer. From now on, it is an open and hospitable community. The concerns of the parents encompass someone else. The firstborn changes reality for these parents who were focused on each other no more. 
every child obviously uh, is uh, adds something to the equilibrium, but the elements of the first child, the firstborn, changes everything. Pet their rechem. The firstborn precipitates their love and devotion to each other and their dedication to the community. And therefore, we know, we have a pishnaim, because of that element, that creation, the firstborn forces the parents to focus not only on each other, to focus outward, to focus on a child, to focus on community. But that's the message of the child and the firstborn, and that's why the level of preciousness may be Firstborns, all children are connected to Kaddish Baruch Hu, but firstborns in a special way because this is what they do, this is what they symbolize for each family. Okay, one more thought on the Parsha and then hopefully we'll have something for Yerushalayim. <coughs> and for the fourth parak, Parak Dalid, says the Torah, they travel, they travel with the um, the whole encamp, they put the Mishkan away, and they put away the Mizbeach too. They put a Beged over the Mizbeach. Ufarsu Allah Beged Argaman. What does that mean? Rashi. Eish Sheyardam in Hashemayim. How do you put a Beged on the, on the Mizbeach? Right? How do you do that? Mizbeach has fire on it. It doesn't say they put the fire out. They didn't put the fire out. Eish Sheyardam in Hashemayim. Revutsa Tachas HaBeged. Ka'ari Bishas HaMasos. The fire that came down from heaven was crouched under the Beged like a lion in, in waiting. Crouched during the travelings. Ve'ena sorafto and it did not burn the Beged. They put a metal, then they put the Beged. But the fire was crouching. Like a fire. Like a lion crouching. Says the Maharal on this Rashi in the Gur Aryeh. Two points. Number one. What does it mean it was crouching Bishas Hamasaos? Pirish, source 13. Af Bishas Hamasaos, Zozo Eishmim Koma. It didn't move. A lion crouching in wait is the ultimate in, in not moving at all. He's waiting for his prey. So even while it was traveling, the fire didn't move. Fire moves here and there, especially when a fire is moving. Early through the masa's jumping, just to appreciate that Rashi, says the Maharal. And then we get to part two, though. It's compared to a lion in Bias Rishon. Mikdashani is compared to crouching like a dog. Kidamrina Bishili Parakama de Yuma. Yesh Lafaresh. Lafisha Hari Yoser Rovates Bachosik Minakelev. A lion is stronger, is intensely connected to the ground more than a dog. Kena Eshahaya Bemishkan Ubemikdash Risha Bakhnit Vaklamata. Mikdash Rishon had the more intense Kedusha. That's what's compared to a lion, who we can instinctively know that a lion crouching is a more intense type of position than a dog. You see a dog sitting. Okay, it's a dog crouching, waiting. The dog's sitting. A lion. A lion is crouching. A lion is like cemented to the ground. And that's Mikdash Rishon, because the Kedusha was so intense 
and the fire that came down was different. It was like a dog. And then he has one more line, which is very surprising, which cannot be taken kipshuto. He adds something that we tur- turned. We don't really usually think about this. Because the kedusha of the first base of Midrash was stronger. That's why the first Mikdash did not leave, wasn't destroyed until there was serious Averis. While Mikdashani, they didn't do such bad things. And that's why, because it was less Kedusha, it took less to get rid of it. So that's not what Chazal say, does it? Chazal say in Yuma, Sinaschina, Vizkineged, Gimel Averis. So what is he driving at? Yes, Mikdash Rishon had more intense Kedusha than Mikdash Shani, that we know. Five things missing in Mikdash Rishon that were in, in Shani that was, that was in Mikdash Rishon. So if Hartman, in the, in the footnotes, they are notes from the Pachad Yitzchak. The Baral's not saying against Chazal. But nobody's going to argue that the big three Averos, in terms of per se Chumras Ha'avera, is worse than Senaschinam. In terms of national, societal behavior, reasons for Churban, okay, then it's worse. And then it's connected all three. But the Maral is just talking about objective Chumras Ha'avera. Can't argue with that. Objective Chumras Ha'avera, the big three are worse than Senaschinam. But in terms of causing Churban in the Mikdash, that, says the Maharal, is... Uh, says, says Chazal, that is, uh, Sinaschinim is right up there. Like the Meshachachman talks about in Parshat B'Shalach, when Hashem looks down at national Averis, Sinaschinim is the worst. Because like a parent seeing children that can't get along with each other. Okay, let's end with one more thought. L'Kavad Yom Yerushalayim, which is coming up in another day. The following is a, what you have in the last two pages, is a drasha. That Rebetal Jolti, the great Rav, the Gon Atzum, in uh, Yerushalayim, which he wrote this drasha in 1967, right after the Six-Day War, when everybody, as I was given last year, this uh, a beautiful set all about Yerushalayim and, and uh, related issues, three fat volumes, called HaMachzir Shechinaso Litzion. So in one of the volumes, it has 50 drushes that were given by all the Rabbanim of the time in 1967. Rav Ovadia and Rav Zalman and all the drushes that were... Rav Gorin. But um, so here's one from Rav Jolti. Rav Jolti, who was uh, obviously the Gonots and the author of the Mishnah's Yavetz, um, he writes as follows. He says, so what, what's supposed to be our reaction to these Nisim and Iflos? There was, there was, was said at some type of a gathering because he's referring to other speakers. What should we do? So he says, Yididi are of Yisraeli, one of the Gonim at the time also, of Shaili the Eretz Chemda. He noted, he noted how it was amazing, even at that time, how 
Achenu uvenenu amaravi. How soldiers that were so far from Torah, so far from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, were crying when they went on to Harabayas. Echizilu demos banim shalachora yirachokim legamri miklushas amigdash. It was already noted. <coughs> what does that tell us? What's the message of that for us? Asked Rav Jolti in 1967. He quotes the Medrash in Megillus Eicha that says, Three times the Malachim wanted to say Shira to Hashem. And Hashem didn't let him <coughs> for whatever reason. Dora Mabul, Kriyas Yamsuf, Churban Beis Amigdash. Answer Jolie, Dora Mabul, okay, we understand. The Rishom were getting wiped out. Kriyas Yamsuf, we understand. Churban Beis Amigdash. That's a time for Shira. What were the Malachim talking about? Take Shira at the, one of the most tragic moments in history. So Rav Jolti explains, as many explain in this context, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the Beis HaMikdash and not the Jews. Because there's an eternal connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu inside the heart of every single Jew. And that will never be destroyed. And that fire will never be out and that will never be burnt up by an external fire. And that's why Daka B'Shaz Churban, the Malachim recognize that Hashem will take a mashkon, like the Medrash says, that they, he won't take the Jews. He'll exile the Jews. Only the Beis HaMikdash will be destroyed. And that, says Rav Jolti, is what we saw in 1967 while these soldiers that had no shaykhs, no connection, they had a connection. There was something in there. And there's something in all of us. There's something in all of us. And he quotes that. From the uh, the Rambam, there's Kedusha, even though it's Shamaim. As a Dover Azel, line 36. Zachinu lerosbi amenu anu. Ve'ulai zel mashmos ha'gadola. Maybe that's the greatest thing that we should take out of this. Not just back, not just Harabayis Biadeno, not just the amazing miracles that took. The recognition that every Jew inside has that unbelievable connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ech shebeneinu achenu ha'ikarim ha'kasher rakzachu lageshes ulamashe shesavonim atzononos They were touching the stones. Ezekoach magneti shemashach osam aleim. They were pulled to it. Hakoach shel ha'shechina kutshabich of Yisrael v'arais ha'chadu. And he says maybe that's the message of the sneh hasnei nenu ukal the first time HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to Moshe Rabbeinu. But then he says but there's one more thing I need to mention. There's a big mistake people are, men- are making. They're thinking, oh, the tshuva, who has to do tshuva? Right, those people who are unaffiliated, you have to come back to Torah. Everybody has to become tati, everybody has to become tati. Says Rav Jolti. No. It's the Shomri Torah mitzvahs that have to do tshuva. It's every single person. We saw they already had an awakening, but what about us, says Rav Jalti? What about those who believe, those who have the connection, those who are Shomer Torah Mitzvahs? We have to be mashpi on ourselves. We have to make sure that we recognize the miracles and put in Lamaisa, both Benadam Lamakom, Benadam Lachavero. He says, it must have, it must have that summer, they must have had, because he says, when this Elul comes, right, right after that, that, uh, that Chavches Iyar, 
when that Elo comes, we have to figure out how to make Tefillah better, how to make Torah better, how to make Mitzvahs Benad Vachavero better. And if Rav Jolti said it in 1967, it applies also in 2020. We have to recognize the gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us, the miraculous days that he allows us to, to live in, and <coughs> we have to figure out as a hoda. What could we be makabel on ourselves to be able to bring ourselves closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, closer to His people, and closer, Be'ez Hashem, to the Geula Shalema. Okay, we'll stop here, Be'ez Hashem. Next week will be uh, Pasha Shir, Naso, and uh, Shavuos, Be'ez Hashem. Okay, we'll stop here.